Welcome to the future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn proof of attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co-founder and CEO, Natya Bester, we bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. While we wait for the audience to settle in, let's catch up on some of the latest NFT news happening around the industry over the last few days. So there's an NFT project called Arts Monk that has used the AI behind Google Cloud neural networks to transform all 10,000 Board 8 Yacht Club NFTs into AI-generated art. Now, depending on which pocket of Web3 you find yourself in, this has been a topic that there's a lot of chatter around over the last few days, weeks, and even months, the role that AI uh, art generation is going to play in the NFT space, uh, as in art in general. So in this case, the collection sold out almost instantly. And if this is a topic that piques your interest, I have a very special sneak peek surprise for you in the form of a guest speaker on a soon-to-happen future episode. So definitely look out for when that announcement drops. A recent tweet by the founder, co-founder of Ethereum, uh, Vitalik Buterin, has suggested the use of stealth addresses for ERC-721 tokens in order to better balance this tension uh, between transparency and pseudo-anonymity, implication being that such an add-on could increase fees to 5 to 50 times the ETH transaction. So depending on what is most important to you, is it privacy, is it low cost, uh, you might be in two minds about this uh, suggestion. And then I'm very, very excited to see fractionalization of NFTs making news headlines. Of course, at Adlunum, this is something that we focus very heavily on, uh, fractionalization of our NFT investor profiles. And for sure, something that is going to be more and more of a hot topic as we continue building in this Web3 space that we all find ourselves in. So in this case... CryptoPunk 3042 originally sold for $16 in November 2018, was recently acquired in June 2022 by Unique Network for $82,000. So this particular NFT will now be fractionalized and the ownership will be shared between more than, are you ready for this, 56,000 addresses that have signed up. So there's some real exciting developments happening in terms of uh, this very unique feature that non-fungible technology has to offer. All right, so it seems like the room has filling up very, very nicely as always. So let's get the show live and on the road. Hey, Web3 World, this is Natya Besta from Adlunem, and you are listening to The Future of NFTs, the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases to what non-fungible token technology is evolving into. All this as seen through the eyes and built by the minds of the fascinating guest speakers we speak to each week. Adlunum is building the industry's first IDO platform with a proof of attention allocation mechanism. And the reason that we deep dive into NFTs each week is because, as I mentioned, we as a company are shaping as well the future of NFTs through our engaged to earn model, which is powered by dynamic NFT investor profiles. And this is significant because it allows the topmost engaged retail investors to fractionalize IDO and private sale allocation that they receive. Today is our fourth episode where we are bringing you yet another fascinating guest on this new series that we have going on, The Future of NFTs. So far, we have covered the fusion of music and art NFTs, inclusivity in art NFTs, and NFTs in gaming. So catch any of those shows on your favorite podcast streaming platform. We are live with the show every Tuesday, and our sister show, Diving Into Crypto, is live every Thursday. So for sure, if you want to know what the pulse is on this in this industry and on these topics that we cover each week, 
uh, join us because we speak to thought leaders and change makers in this game-changing industry to get the latest and the greatest on what is going on. Speaking of latest and greatest, today we are getting real. I am discussing marketing in the NFT space with today's guest, Arvin Kamse. Arvin is an NFT marketer with a prolific client portfolio. Feast your ears on this. He has worked with over 400 NFT brands. So you can bet that he's seen and done it all. He's been involved with numerous multi-million dollar 24-hour sellout projects, and he's helped projects reach number one on IC tools and number one trending on OpenSea. In addition, he's also the CMO at Yeti Secret Society. If that's not all, as a thought leader, Arvind's regularly quoted in major media outlets like Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, and USA Today, and he makes a frequent guest appearance on crypto podcasts like ours, and including Jordan Belford's The Wolf's Den. He also speaks regularly at industry events around the world. So I believe that we are in for a real treat today as he shares his experience and insight with us. I'm sure our conversation today is going to stir up quite a lot of questions for you in the audience. So I will be opening it up to questions at the end. And a bit of a housekeeping note, because we are trying to be respectful of time, we generally keep this to an hour and no more. We don't always have the opportunity to ask everyone's questions, but definitely if you do have one, put in a speaker request or message your question to the Atlunum Twitter handle at Atlunum Inc. Okay, and with that, it seems we have a full house, so let's do do this. Arvin, are you ready? Brief interruption so that there is no confusion about why I'll sound decidedly more masculine for the remainder of this episode. When it comes to technology, that famous line by Dickens that it was the best of times and the worst of times seems to apply because due to a Twitter Spaces bug today, where the episodes for this podcast is recorded live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. CET, I unfortunately had audio issues and JP, the host of Atlunum's other podcast series, Diving Into Crypto, which I highly recommend tuning into for a whole other experience of Web3 thought leadership was kind enough to host today's interview with Arvin. Cheers to teamwork and a huge shout out to the amazing Atlunum team who proved daily that not all heroes wear capes, although I totally think we should make this company policy. So cape designers, get in touch. Without further ado, here is the rest of the conversation. Gentlemen, without further ado, I believe that Nadia is going to be joining us soon, but till the time that she does, let's get the show on the road. Uh, this is JP from Adlunum INC, and of course, today we are talking about the future of NFTs with Arvin Kam- Kamse. Am I saying that right, Arvin? Yes, you are. Okay, awesome. Uh, Arvin, I'm, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but before that, I'd like to make an announcement. Uh, the reason why we're, we're doing the show and, and what this is about. So at Adlunum, uh, at Adlunum INC, we are, of course, uh, focused on bringing the the if the future of nfts the trends of what nfts are what most people are seeing about them uh in the space and how they're actually in so many different ways changing the landscape uh that it is today uh in addition to that uh the reason that we started this show was not just to bring it to focus but because there's so many interesting projects out there that do need uh and and experts as well like arvin that we have as a guest speaker today we have so many of these options where we wanted a platform to be able to share this with everybody else in the Web3 space. All right. So uh, one more point, uh, views that I expressed on this program belong to that of of the speaker. And please note that all of this uh, is for education purposes only. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Put your hands together and make some noise. I know you're, you're on mute and you can only listen at this point, but put your hands together, scream, and let me hear you. Welcome our guest today, Arvin Kamse. Arvin, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, just a quick background. Um, I started marketing about 10 years ago. Um, majority of what I've done, my specialty is in the paid advertising. So... I did that a lot with Web2 companies. 
I did start. I started with small companies, and then went all the way to lots of public companies, running 500k a month、um, advertising for public companies in the specifically for、um, investor relationship marketing, where I was finding short term and long term investors online for them, and a lot of that is actually transferable in the Web three,、uh, which is why. I was one of the, I would say, few people who brought a lot of paid advertising and somewhat that could be somewhat controversial for some people into the Web three. And then、um, I worked with four、uh, hundred plus NFT projects.、Uh, some of them sold out. Some of them actually、um, increasing their、uh, floor price right now. I saw one、uh, today that the floor price actually has gone up,、uh, which is really cool in the、uh, bear market. Um, and as far as the、uh, the I guess projects I work with, I I consult some. I have a program where people、uh, take it, you know, they, anything they need as far as、uh, building the project, refining their、uh, the utilities,、um, and selling out and increasing the flow price. I help them with that. And then also some projects, I'm their CMO as well.、Uh, currently, there's one、uh, where I'm a CMO. It's called Yeti Secret Society. And yeah,、um, give it back to you, JP. Amazing. I mean,、uh, that's that's quite that's quite a resume for for somebody in your position in an industry that that's so young.、Uh, but I'm certain this journey must have been exciting, Arvind. Yeah, of course.、Uh, and just to give a so some sometimes people you know ask me they 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 ask how I worked with so many projects. So one of the reason was just my approach that I brought from Web two,、uh, which was you know the emphasis on paid ads and paid influencers, that was very different、mm-hmm. to a lot of other people,、um, and so、right. uh, people people got excited for that,、um, and then also just to let you guys know, like、um, I would say maybe November and December were、uh, the I would say the the peak of the、uh, for for cryptos and then also for NFTs was happening. I was sleeping probably two three hours a day, just taking calls with with clients,、um, and so it's not、uh, it's it's unusual to have、uh, that much to work that much, but、um, I, it was a good time to do that. Now these are these are certainly exciting times, and yeah,、uh, and NFTs have have really kicked off, haven't they? I mean,、uh, you know, in in terms of the the market cap, in terms of the trends, in terms of、uh, what you're seeing them even retail at. It's a whole new fad、uh, in the world you know, today, right? Hundred percent, and it's actually interesting because on these Twitter spaces, a lot of times we get really excited about NFT. Sometimes we get passionate discussing things.、Uh, you know,、mm-hmm. I I was holding a space the other day uh, for uh, Bitcoin Maxis to talk about why they don't like NFTs and why NFTs are. Completely useless,、um, and I we were basically debating them. So I was obviously for NFTs, and I had、uh, some people who were for NFTs, and then of course,、um, majority of the Bitcoin maxis they were essentially just saying, "Well, Bitcoins,、um, there are no NFTs on Bitcoin, and so therefore we can't have it." But I say that just put things into perspective. At the end of the day,、um, there are a lot of people who've gotten to know what cryptos are,、um, and But that's still a very small proportion of the the total population. That is, you know, maybe somewhere around let's say five percent, ten percent. And then、um, now, even though search inquiries for NFTs have surpassed cryptos as of November last year, it's still like NFT population is is sub、uh, population within crypto. So that's even smaller. But it's also interesting that a lot of people also got into cryptos. Because of NFTs, so it's not always the other way around, where people learn about NFTs, then learn about, uh, uh, well, they learn about cryptos, then learn about NFTs. Sometimes actually the other、mm-hmm. way around. So it has actually contributed、yeah. to more people coming and learning about、uh, cryptos as well. Well, certainly, there's you know always、uh, <laughs> there's always a there's always multiple ways in which you can enter an industry. And hey, if if NFTs is is the gateway, then NFTs is the gateway, right? Yeah, fantastic. And, okay, and that's actually、um, just just to add to that, that's actually yeah, one of the、yeah. main reasons I was telling、um, you know I was talking to a lot of people in the in the 
the, in the crypto world, especially people um, who are, you know, Bitcoin maxis and just Bitcoin only type of, um, I guess, attitude, um, when they say, oh, yeah, we don't need NFTs, um, then, you know, it's it's uh, and but we really want to have people adopting Bitcoins is like, well, um, it, NFT is actually bringing a lot of people into this industry, into the Web3. Um, but yeah, I give it back to you. Uh, no, fair, fair enough. I mean, there's, there, there is all that there, there is all that access interest that that wants to get into it. So, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that uh, on the same front. What was your entry uh, into uh, into the NFT space? I mean, what, what what was it for you? Did you see something fancy? Did it, you know a friend get you into it? Tell us that story. Yeah, so I learned about cryptos back in 2016. A friend of mine, Nick, he sold everything he had, including his his car, and he had a nine-to-five job. He wasn't, you know, like a typical entrepreneur or anything. So that was actually very extreme for him to do that. Um, and anyways, uh, a few years after that, um, I called him and I was asking about how his work was going. And he told me, you know, like, what work? And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, uh, well, he's just traveling and just, you know, doesn't need to work as much. Um, and so that got me excited into cryptos. Um, and right. I learned about you know the first of all um you know obviously like crypto has been like i guess bitcoin has been around since 2009 um but mm-hmm. the the concept uh the concept of like in 2016 was obviously still pretty new to a lot of people so i like the concept that there was something new that a lot of people were like taking advantage of benefiting from um but then um a few years later i learned about i want to say i want to say maybe beginning of 2021 or end of 2020 um i actually started following people online who were talking about so i was at the time i was actually working with um a one of the major things i was doing at the time was working with a um ad advertising agency and running ads for a fortune 100 um company and then there was a conversation we had in one of the meetings where they just like someone brought up, he was like, hey, there are these things called NFTs and people buy, like, I think it was like NBA Top Shots uh, they brought up. Um, and and then then it was the um, the cyberpunks that I learned about. And I kept looking at it and I was just like looking, just following the the trend, just seeing how the prices were changing, how people were talking about it. And I couldn't believe that, uh, the I guess how how much of a growth uh, people I guess these these projects would have, and then finally decided to just buy a bunch um, of NFTs and flip them, and I made some money from those, and then until um, I want to say October 2021, where a, a um, one of one artist from Italy he approached me and he said. Um, if I could actually use paid ads at the time it was Twitter mm-hmm. ads to sell out his very small collection. Um, and right. in a week we sold out his collection. Um, and then that was a proof of concept for me to understand. Okay. So a lot of things I've done with public companies with their investor relationship marketing. So, uh, just like the creating the deck is like pretty much like a NFT website, for example. So a lot of things was yeah. transferable. And then I had some results and I thought, okay, cool. I'm going to actually um, basically just have a gig up and just tell people I can do this. And then mm-hmm. I had a rush of people coming to me um, to, to help them with projects. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, this, this, is, this is quite a transition, right? I mean, you, you, you suddenly look at something and, uh, and the, the acceleration from the journey that you've shared with us is is phenomenal i mean you, if, if you had an artist sell out in, in a week uh on a, on a platform where where mts are concerned using paid ads uh that's that that's really brilliant um but that being said i mean I, we can we can expect that this this craze happens during you know series or times of of hype right now you know we, we've seen success over the last two years um, but in sync with the crypto winter, right? Sales have slowed down massively, Arvind. And some people believe that, you know, this rise was just hype it, and nothing more. Uh, but 
what's your thought on the state of nfts and where that stands today cool so just give people some perspective and also numbers so first of all as far as the projects i was working with in november and december marketing looked like essentially building a large discord server um, uh, and 30% of those people would buy the NFTs. It didn't matter if the projects had a amazing, an amazing utility. It didn't matter if they were docs team. It didn't matter if they had a business plan. It didn't matter if they had money. Honestly, nothing mattered except just having people on a Discord server. If you had enough people in your Discord server, people were just very trusting of everything that people would say. Um, not many people maybe been rugged at that time. Um, and so everything was exciting and lots of projects were selling out um, regardless yeah. of the size, size of the collections. Then uh, the, so obviously starting from January this year, things started to change a little bit. And then I want to say May maybe was the worst time when the Luna crash happened. Um, now, yeah. just to give people some numbers so, so they can understand the, so sales wise, um, between 20 to 21 i believe it was doubled um and then mm -hmm. and so so that's why everyone was super excited the search inquiries for uh nfts in november 2021 it uh surpassed cryptocurrencies so then people were like okay this is the most exciting thing right now uh the most trending things right now happening and then um in january i want to say um, around January time, the number of wallets we had, I don't know if this is just on Ethereum or both Ethereum and Solana, but I, uh -huh. um, but it still, it gives people some, some references. So we had about a, a 1.5 million wallet, uh, wallets that yeah. were buying, buying NFTs. And then mm -hmm. by, I want to say June, um, and there's a company I do a lot of spaces with um, where we actually go through these data in more details and they actually have a dashboard and everything. So for to get an exact number, just come on come on those spaces and so you can get a better sense. But just give you uh, a just a reference point. So um, by June of this year, um, it went mm -hmm. to somewhere around 500K. So almost yeah. half of, so half of those now. Um, it's possible yeah. some people have more than more than one wallet. That's actually very possible. But um, again, it still gives people a, a a reference point to know. Hey, like out of like um, from one point five, we went to um, from one to one point five, we went to uh, about five hundred. So about you know a third That's, or uh, half. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 Wow. So I, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so that is that is a steep. I mean, that's a steep decline. Um, you know, yeah. going from, from from such a high number. That's that's almost as the the large number of, of coins. Uh, you know, when when you when you track losses against um, you know, any of the tokens that that, that are trading, you, you're gonna you're gonna see those numbers. So it, it's it's scary on one front, and then it's also to some degree expected, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and it's actually so. I mean, okay, so I, I have a portfolio in crypto and um, NFTs as well. And I definitely, like I and every other person that I knew and we, we were all heavily invested, we all got hit. Like I remember, just give you like, a, so I, I want to say in like May, May 20, uh, yeah, May of this year, literally there was a time I opened one of my wallets and like the Ethereum that I had, it was like half of the what I had in that wallet and I and it was a significant amount that like I lost and I've never had that much like loss in such a short amount of time literally like I think it was like a, from a few days that I was like looking at at my wallet yeah. and then it the experience of that was so strange that I remember I was actually speaking on a stage in uh, in Cyprus and then once my talk was done um, it was this weird feeling of, so it wasn't just cryptos, by the way, it was NFTs as well. So NFTs dropped somewhere around like 40% to 70%, like all of the NFTs uh, sales and, um, and, and also floor price and everything. So it was so strange of an experience for me. I remember literally after like my talk was done, 
I didn't even yeah. like look at people. I just like okay. I just looked down and just walked off the stage because just because I was feeling so embarrassed about the space, I just felt like the space completely just crumbled. Um, and all these, um, all these, um, you know, NFT projects that, uh, you know, that they had a lot of hopes and a lot of dreams, they, they just got wiped out. Like their wallets just, right. you know, was, um, you know, obviously showing a lot lower numbers than than it was previously showing. So it was a really weird experience. But the cool thing that came from that was because a lot of projects went out, it also sh- it also signaled the new projects that were coming in. And at the time, I want to say maybe in January or February of this year, it was about 500 projects um, entering the market every day. So mm-hmm. it slowed down that growth significantly. And it slowed down the growth, especially from people who weren't serious. Um, and, right. com- you know, so let's say, let's say e-commerce people who were like, okay, this is, um, we've done the products. Now it's just like NFTs. Let's get a fiber um, artist. Um, let's get a community manager. Let's just make a bunch of money, right? So it slowed down the, uh, the, the influx of people who didn't really have big um, or maybe long-term plans with, with mm-hmm. NFT sales. Um, and so in, in that way, it was actually really cool. So once we mm-hmm. got like over the, the painful experience, um, it actually was like one of the best thing I believe happened. And now we're seeing a lot of innovation, a lot of cool projects coming out. So in that sense, it's actually pretty cool. Of, of course, of course. Um, you know, can can totally, totally understand that part. I mean, sometimes you don't need diamond hands. You need a diamond stomach <laughs> just yeah, to right. be able to, <laughs> to yeah. see that loss. Yeah. yeah, just, just um, give, people, give people, I guess, reference on that too. So I would say between me and like, uh, my friends, each of us maybe lost just ballpark at least like 200 to 500k. Um, and wow. so um, that's and that happened over like literally like in a few weeks. Um, and so <laughs> it was we, we're still obviously positive. Like we've 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 done well in 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 the Web3 and still do. And and it still was a very painfully weird experience. Um, to just to just go through that, but also like you know, best they, people talk about you know the, like people in they they do wealth management. They talk about you know it's great to have some losses because you learn how to manage better. Um, not not saying encouraging people to lose. I'm just saying like it does give you perspective um, on on what to do and and also it was somewhat unexpected to some extent what happened. But hey, yeah. <laughs> That that's just that's just what the market teaches you, Arvin. And you know, I appreciate yeah. the honesty because this is the honest part about it, right? I mean, you know, you 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 have to be prepared uh, that these times of adversity are going to come. Uh, if you only have seen a bull run, never experienced a bear market, uh, you know, you're not going to understand the 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 asset for what it truly is, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that that but that being said, it, it leads me to an interesting uh, thought, right? Um, given that this is, you know, the, these fluctuations come in, there's, there's obviously that loss aspect, uh, but NFTs uh, uh, still hold strong because people do love art. Um, what, what do you think that the future and evolution of, of NFTs are going to be from its current manifestation, Armin? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the phase for NFTs that were just PFPs have... Mm-hmm. It has already passed, so you don't see PFP projects coming out um, as much. So what I mean by that, just profile pictures that typically don't have utilities or the equivalent would be having utilities that are just copied from you know previous year's projects. That's also right. essentially not having utilities because you're just not going to deliver on them and or there's no innovation and or it's just boring and or not solving any new problems, all of that. So so for that reason, uh, there's there's already been some evolution that we just came pretty fast as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And we, you know, the, in terms of art, also there was an evolution. So 2D art is kind of, uh, uh, like I would say like maybe like pixel art is not, uh, seen as much anymore on Solana, we still see it, 
But then again, mm-hmm. like um, just give people reference to Ethereum versus Solana as well. So the latest, um, the latest number of collections that um, was counted, I believe it was Q1 of 2022, which was about 100,000 collections on Ethereum and about wow. almost half of that on the Solana blockchain. Now we have other blockchains too, you know, like Polygon and um, XRP and so forth, but those are the major ones and that's the number of collections uh, we have so far. So just so people have have some insight into that. But going back to your question, so what's the evolution? Yeah. So a lot of times right now, projects coming out, um, they, they've changed their mindset from making money to deliver on promises to either mm-hmm. being able to deliver on promises without having as much money or um, getting funding from VCs, getting funding from um, angel investors, maybe m- money out of their own pocket or having some sort of revenue generating business model that right. they can deliver on promises without having the mint go through because a lot of right. projects weren't selling out uh, during the bear market. Um, and so, so that is a very big difference. So where last year we would see projects coming out and just say, hey, uh, trust Trust this OnDocs team with very little information about what we're going to do. Just trust us. We're going to do something great. And people would actually trust them um, and right. give them lots of money, essentially by buying the NFTs. Um, and then they would either deliver or not deliver. Now we've gotten to a point where, well, I guess we're going mostly in that direction where, first of all, projects need a lot more money to be able to survive the bear market, but also uh, yeah. also need more money to be able to deliver on some promises at least to show that they are a project that uh, people can trust. So they, they need to show some proof. So there was a period of time where projects went to the phase where um, they would do smaller collections. So we went away from 10K collection sizes to smaller, mm-hmm. maybe 300, 600, 1,000 yeah. uh, supplies. And then now... I remember um, during, so I have these uh, group calls with people in my SON program. It's an incubator program. And mm-hmm. every week people would tell me, you know, they, they feel like they feel like no projects is selling out. Now, they were projects that were selling out, but people were obviously feeling the pressure um, that the sentiment of the um, Web3 market was not very excited about buying. Um, and so... Mm-hmm. So we went in the direction of not many projects even, um, you know, continue with their minting or closing their minting and just saying, hey, like, we're just going to we're just going to wait. Right. And then but then people didn't know how long to wait. So is it going to be a month? Is it going to be a few weeks? Is it going to be 10 months, 12 months, 15 months? How long will you wait? And what if things change so significantly that your art, for example, is completely irrelevant by by that time? Mm -hmm. So then you would have to spend even more money to create new art. So those were the challenges that came about. So now where we are right now is uh, you see projects that are the blue chip collections, the top mm-hmm. on the sequence and Magic Eden. They are they're actually raising a lot of money. Um, they're mm-hmm. merging um, they're with other companies and then also just buying companies. And so they have a lot of money and they also spend a lot of money on uh, acquiring people. So, for example, when NFT NYC happened, a lot right. of like Doodle alone, like uh, the Doodles, the, the, the project, they had they spent so much money on just producing events. There was um, right. one of one of my one of my members of my of my program. He actually went on to talk to some of the. Um, I guess event producers of the uh, I guess events that were happening during the NFT NYC, and some of these events were, you know, million dollar, um, one point five million dollar um, type of events that people would spend just so people are entertained and they 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 you know just awareness for the projects. Now, if you think about that, not that's. To, to say, you know, every project could do something like that and before they're minting um, or even after they mint. That's just not a realistic 
thing for a lot of projects. So then a lot of projects started to actually holding back. Now, so where, where are we going? So I give all that context so people can kind of see the, the evolution of things. But then, so where we're going with things are um, essentially projects that have a lot of money, um, projects that mm-hmm. have a great team uh, that are doxxed. Um, they're going to, um, and also have, um, you know, have a proper business model. Um, they are very involved in the, in the Web3 space and also have mm-hmm. a great way to onboard not only um, Web3 people, but most importantly, Web2 people to buy uh, their NFTs. They're, they're going to be a lot more successful. Um, and with that, companies from Web2, they're trying to mm-hmm. now take, take their space into the NFT. So I said that actually if people go and watch my video, uh, like interviews on YouTube or podcasts, I literally said uh, back in November, I said I happen to know some of the companies, some of these large companies, they already prepared, for example, LinkedIn ads um, to tell right. people about um, what NFTs are or what Web3 is about. Um, and then now we're seeing, for example, a company like Tiffany & Co. Um, from a Web2 company, they just entered Web3 without having any presence in the Web3 market, connected themselves to a, a, a very well-known blue chip collection, Cyberpunks. Um, and then, you know, for people who don't know, their main price was at 30 ETH. They made about $12 million and completely sold out. I believe sold out very quickly. I don't know what their flow price is. I still need to actually go and look. But um, yeah. that's to say now companies, um, they are actually entering the market. And these are not some, most of the times, the small companies. Most of the times are actually larger companies. They're entering the market. And with that, the, the game for yeah. utilities is going to change because now in the past, the competition for having an amazing utility wasn't there. Um, people would just say, hey, we're going to have some utilities and then they would be successful. But now we have two companies, they've, they've had these utilities that they've been selling and serving people with for um, sometimes 100 years. Um, and then they want to bring that into Web3 space. So then if your project mm-hmm. is just going to just give merch in the metaverse to some, uh, to some uh, you know, potential investors, then those type of utility is not going to be very attractive anymore so we're, we're heading in a sense that we're heading in a direction that um, the the emphasis on utility is obviously going to be very important but also on the other hand i always say this where i like i like artists or um you know whether it be musicians painters or whatever um that mm-hmm. i i don't know how they're going to sometimes i don't know how they're going to uh, be able to be successful in the Web three, mm-hmm. where a lot of emphasis on the on the utilities, but mm-hmm. um, that's that's also going to take its form. So yeah. um, in the past, they could just you know they're digital artists. Um, they've been doing this, um, I guess, digital arts for the past twenty years, way before even NFTs came about. But um, when the NFT hype was happening, they came out and they had very little utilities which was comfortable for them um, and they could still sell out. But now there's obviously a huge emphasis on that. So I think what we're going to see is some artists going to pull back on actually um, uh, having collections out or um, there's going to be maybe less stigma around collections mm-hmm. not selling out within five minutes or within, let's say, 24 hours. In other words, we're going to see projects that have their mint open for, let's say, a year. Um, and not that yeah. that's any different, but that's that's possible uh, to be observed. Well, I, I have an easy answer for the, for those of you who are who are wondering if you know if you want to transition out of uh, Web two to get to Web three, build successful NFTs. If you want to win, call Arvin, right? <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> because um, Arvin, you know, I, yeah, you, yeah, you can have that one. Um, you know, I, I see that. I, I see that as, as as a marketing professional. Of course, this is this is certainly something that that is your challenge on a daily basis, right? Uh, you know, how do you put it out there in the way that somebody wants it? And and I'm glad that you touched upon the point about the vanity aspect of 
you know, NFT is selling out in like five seconds flat, right? Uh, it, yeah. It's it's a fantastic phenomenon when it happens, uh, but there's there's no discounting of the the artist's expression when it doesn't happen, right? There's there's still that expression, there's still that um, you know, that element out there that that should get to people, and that actually leads me to to um, you know to another thought, right? Uh, what are what are some of these what what are some of these uh, projects or or artists uh, doing right really? And what is you know what are some of the things that they should be doing better? So, I mean, it's this is very obviously interesting as far as like okay, who is doing the right things, right? So, there I I give an example of Goblin Town. Uh, this project that now I don't know the artist at all. I actually haven't looked mm-hmm. to see that that person isn't even uh, is docs for people to know who that is. But um, the project came out and they were really clear about the 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 sentiment of the market. So they said something like in their story and the narrative was something along the lines of we're gonna have no roadmaps, we're gonna have no disco grind no whitelist, none of those stuff. And also, like, it's, uh, the minting is going to be free. And so the at the time that that happened, a lot of people were just so tired of, you know, like I said, there were 500 projects coming out every day. A lot of people were tired of uh, having to mute 30, 40 yeah. Discord servers that were part of. And then when these guys said, they said, hey, we don't like that. We're going to have... Uh, none of that and so people got really excited in the web 3 space and web 2 people they didn't even know what they were talking about but web 3 people they got really excited about that and that's what, who they were targeting so that's so that's two points right right there one is the narrative the other one is the targeting so targeting is uh, important because you have you're usually going to have a bunch of targets one is going to be your web 3 people um, there are people who uh, are invest uh you know investing in nfts to trade them or well, we can get specific about that too like we have dgens and non-dgens and so on and so forth but anyways we've got the web three people and then we've got the web two people now web two people sometimes mm-hmm. they're interested in just the art so they want to collect the art sometimes mm-hmm. they're interested in just the utility sometimes they're interested in all of them too but i guess all of their uh, features as well but the to give examples of one when they just interested in utility let's say there's a nft projects that revolves around comic books so right comic fans will be one of the targets not necessarily they um that they have to be um you know versed in what uh, nfts are uh, not necessarily right. um liking the actual art but they just like comic books so anything that that nft project uh, promises the holders of the NFT, they're just going to be interested. They're going to onboard themselves somehow into that project. So, so the targeting is very important. And for people who like projects who understand that, they they're having a better time uh, in actually selling their NFTs. So brand branding their NFT in a way that um, makes sense. Um, I give you guys another example. Actually, I'm looking to launch my own collection on Solana. And then I was on a Twitter space and I actually pitched this idea to, um, to Solana people. I said, hey, I'm thinking of launching this collection. I have my friend who is a, a former Mr. Canada. And we're thinking mm-hmm. of doing a NFT where it allows you to um, essentially get um, fitness, fitness programs and coaching and everything from uh, this bodybuilder. So you can be a bodybuilder too. So in theory... That may make sense, but mm-hmm. in reality, majority of the Web3 people are never going to get into bodybuilding. So to understand that concept is very important mm-hmm. to just know your Web3, Web um, I guess, audience, who they are, right? So that project yeah. would never make sense. Um, and so we obviously find it and changed it to, to, um, to, to something that would make sense. And I'll launch it in a few weeks so you guys see it. But the... So it's very important to have a, a very clear understanding of the market. Um, and then the story is very important. So the story, for example, for um, Goblin Town, I talked about, 
I guess the narrative I talked about that, um, the story um, for let's say Bored Apes. So it was mm-hmm. essentially as Nicole, the the founder of uh, no no not the founder the uh, the CEO of Yoga Labs describes it. She said right. that uh, there are two there were two um, I guess the two founders they were writers so they didn't mm-hmm. really have um, artwork. So they thought, okay, what if they would do a collective art, um, and where people would actually create the art? And then they, um, and then they thought, well, if they do that, everyone's gonna draw penises. And then they thought, okay, where would people draw penises? That would be um, bathroom stall, and that would be a in a dive bar, and or maybe that's a yacht club, and maybe it's a yacht club in a swamp. And so that's how <laughs> that scene was formed in their mind, and then that's and they were able to actually convey that uh, scene that that message and if you guys go to their website you can if you look at the image that they have that's mm-hmm. what they uh, that's what they're trying to show and that's very important for projects to understand like the the elements so these images that you see they're not just random so right. successful projects understand these things they, they paint the scene they have a narrative they know they're targeting um, the artwork is great. The utilities are great. So there are a lot of factors, but those are some some really important factors um, that projects that are doing right, they are able to distinguish themselves and get people excited to to APN and buy their NFTs. Well, um, spot on, Arvin. I mean, it's you're you're absolutely right, right? From from the from the thought process of of having. Uh, the the utility and, and function by understanding your audience, which is extremely important. Uh, just the same classic example you gave about you know the idea that you had uh, uh, about yeah, the the NFT with, with Mr. Canada. And yes, Web three people may not be as much into fitness as as people from other industries, for example. Right. So yeah, so understanding your audience is is certainly one of those things that you know. Um, um, projects have to understand if they're going to create an offering for somebody else. Um, what are some of the other things you see as an absolute must do for projects to incorporate NFTs into, you know, either their business or, or utility levels? To incorporate, oh yeah. So like what, what they, sh- what is a must do for them to sell out the project or? Yeah. Uh, for, for them to have, to have that kind of demand where, you know, they, they are successful NFT projects at the end of it. Yes. So I have this idea. It's a made up. So this is kind of funny. Like I have a lot of these theories around how things should be. And then like sometimes like, you know, I write about it too. Like these are like hypotheses, right? So there's no books about this. There's no, like that didn't go to school for NFT marketing. So like, just like how I said it earlier on, I said, you know, we used to make Discord servers uh, essentially three to five times the number of supplies to sell out. So that's the number right. I actually came up with. Um, and then it's funny because I've actually had people talking to me. And then um, when I tell them, be like, hey, I think like this is the number of Discord servers that is fine for us for this project. And they'd be like, no, no, it has to be three to five times. And I'm like, where did you get that number? That's like a made up number I literally just came up with. So I'm going to give you guys a hypothesis um, that right. it's, it's made up, but it's just based off, based off my experience with working with projects. This is what, what I'm seeing. So I have this. So the hypothesis is that Every project needs to go into Twitter spaces um, and they need to do somewhere around 100 Twitter spaces, like different Twitter spaces. Now, this is, again, completely made up, but um, at least, and even if they don't do that, even if they strive to do that, this does Mm -hmm. a few things for projects. Right. One is that it allows them, well, if they're a team, so sometimes they're just like a one-man show. So I guess that doesn't apply in there. But if they're a team, they actually really understand the team itself. They understand the project, but they also understand how things work within their company. So these are right. one of the things we, we didn't talk about as far as the evolution. NFTs, they're going the direction of actually be treated like startups. You know, just like right. how let's say, one out of every 10 startups are successful, NFTs is just going to be like that too. So they're going to be treated like that. But anyways, going back to, uh, going back to um, what I was saying. So 
they do these spaces and then they get to actually have that flow with their team. So it actually helps helps projects really understand the the projects themselves. But also it's very important because people come on these Twitter spaces, they grill them intentionally or not, you know, not intentionally, uh, and they get to refine their projects. They make it really uh, good. The problem with a lot of projects is that they go build, build, like build a huge community. They don't have right. any contacts with their community. And then they go mm-hmm. to the mint date and they get surprised what people are not buying. Now, all this time, everyone had all these objections. They were just mm-hmm. not right and so it's very important to obviously be on these tourist spaces be in contact with people um, right from the very front so you can fix all the problems and then another another factor that's very important is that there are conversations about brands in tourist spaces so there is actually and that's actually a very limited number of tourist spaces out there right now so if you actually master that it's almost like a it's almost like a street cred where you've now achieved this badge of honor that you can actually launch an nft project in the web3 space right so you've earned your respect um and so again this is obviously i'm i'm uh, it's just take it as something that i i've seen this working um not so much of there's a there's a science maybe behind it maybe there is i don't know um and so and so so, so that's another factor that's very important with Twitter Spaces, um, and then also obviously the just organically a lot of people get to so just like how in the Web two people you know we had for example in two thousand I want to say two thousand one or maybe two thousand we had this guy mm-hmm. called uh, Jeff Walker he came up with this idea of product launch formula and he was just say okay mm-hmm. so instead of um, you know the old school calling someone and just keep explaining your offer to them. And now for those mm-hmm. people not maybe making connection, maybe keep explaining your utilities or like what problems your NFT solving or why it's good for people to buy. Instead of explaining that so many times over the phone conversation, what if you could just do all those objections and what you're actually exp- explaining into like a bunch of videos and just feed it to people and then people will buy all your stuff. So that was cool. It's a very old thing actually in the web two space and a lot of people use it. Now in Twitter spaces, it's a very similar concept. So people come mm-hmm. in same and usually you get some same people. They just come in and they get nurtured through um, these Twitter spaces with you um, in a sense that they learn uh, different aspects of your project every time they come on these Twitter spaces, right? So that's right. one of the reasons that I do these Twitter spaces myself because I want people to get to know me, get to know how I work with people. Um, and so, mm-hmm. so those are some of the very important things um, that Twitter spaces um, allows people to do. And plus, I mean, um, some somewhat important for a lot of projects out there, especially the ones that don't have as much money to, to spend, is that they're free, right? And you can get... You know, lots of people actually come in um, organically without you spending mm-hmm. a dime uh, to actually listen to you. So that's awesome as well. I mean, certainly. I mean, you give you give people a, give people a platform, and if they know to use it well, uh, you know, it's it's certainly something that's a tool that should be in everybody's toolkit, right? Uh, any marketer's toolkit. Exactly. You know, to, to, to comment a little about about what what you what you're saying, it's I I think you've you've your your theory is based on on very sound fundamentals, right? It's you you you're going to with Twitter Spaces, you take a project, you you're going to the market, you you're creating that connection, you're you're understanding uh, the the entire team begins to understand what exactly it is that they're they're solving, uh, you know what's what's the what is what is my project? What, what am I about? What do I stand for, most importantly? And then filter down to, as Simon, uh, Simon Sinek says, the why am I doing this, right? So, yeah, I, I think, Arvind, at, at some point, you're either going to have a, a PhD, uh, a thesis, or a book that you can, <laughs> you can do with this. Do you know what? <laughs> why I'm not doing a book is that this stuff changes so rapidly I'm so yeah. afraid of I, by the time I like I so I write something and by the time I publish it it becomes irrelevant, um, and <laughs> and then I just be just very mad, but uh, well, yeah. But I'm eventually going to do that. Well, maybe maybe you can start a uh, you know a quick case a uh, quick case study and turn those into an NFT. Yeah, who knows, right? 
Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's been literally it in my yeah. mind, but things change so rapidly. Literally, there's this running joke with when some of the people like I I I I do this stuff with uh, that like if we take a day off, we're gonna be behind like eight years. Um, and so literally, that's that's how fast this industry is going. Um, and so that's been one of the reasons I've I've held back on actually write, I I write articles. There's gonna be one article on entrepreneur actually coming out probably next week about uh, web. Um, I guess paid ads in the web three space, but the um, the book thing I just been holding back big time. Well, <laughs> well, it's, that's certainly something to look forward to, and of course, Arvin, uh, you know, certainly looking forward to 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 your launch as well. Um, I that being said, however, I I do have one question for you, um, which you know I, I'd like you to share with us and and the audience today, right? And and that is. What is your your favorite NFT and why? Okay, so I'm biased right now. So I'm bullish about Yeti Secret Society because I'm their CMO. Um, okay. And the reason the reason I like them, and by the way, you can see like some of these things that I just talked about. I'm doing with, doing it with obviously them, but the reason I like it is because you know we have we have money we have essentially uh vc money for the next 10 years um and and so the all the all the promises that we have on our roadmap is already been paid for so the yacht club you know the uh the giveaways that we talk about we haven't started talking about it so i'm not going to say what they are but they're they're pretty massive um and it's it's very different to a lot of people, a lot of projects out there where they say they have like these big goals and then you have to wait until the minting happened. But the cool thing about this project is that you don't have to. Like we actually don't rely on the minting happen. So then cool team. I really love my team. You if you come on any Twitter spaces with us, like literally we just like you can see, you can see it's like really good vibes, good people. Um so those are some of the reasons. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, yes, I know that there there, there is a bias, and and but thank you for sharing that because it's a narrative of the project that that's there, and you you've shared with us the insight. It's the team that's actually making the the magic happen. So that's that's absolutely fantastic. Of course. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, but and I I will take you up. I will take you up on that offer to to come and meet your team at at, at some point in you know uh, hopefully the near future. Right. Cool. <laughs> Arvin, to keep the show moving, I got to ask, cool. what is your message to the audience that's listening in today and the ones that are going to listen to this down the line? Honestly, biggest thing I would say, go hard on innovating and just being bold and do things that you may get a lot of pushbacks for, but eventually it's really good for the space. And if you start thinking about solving problems instead of talking shit about everyone else on Twitter, um, as we do, um, I think yeah. those those are those are you know those two things are very very important for this space. It actually is helping the growth of not only the NFT space mm-hmm. uh, but then the Web three space in general, and then also the crypto community too. Like I'm really big on advocating for crypto as well. Like literally yesterday, mm-hmm. I just couldn't access a bank card and I had to wait for an hour and then realized I have like crypto. I can just go to like a crypto exchange and I cashed it out in like two seconds. Um, and so that's, so cryptos is just, uh, is a very useful application uh, for a lot of people in their life. So anyways, the, the point is, Definitely go and do things that other people haven't done. Like, you know, Tiffany and Co., they came up with the 30 ETH mint price. You know, with Yeti, we're doing a 4 ETH mint price. So mm-hmm. do things that you may uh, get. You, you may not know exactly how to do it, but then if, if that works out, uh, then you've just done something new for, the, for, for people to learn from and... Um, do create great things and deliver on your promises. Um, all of those. Thank you, Arvind. Those those are 
are truly, truly words to live by, ladies and gentlemen. Those of you that are tuned in today, thank you so much for coming in. And Arvin, it's been an absolute treat listening to you uh, and, you know, get, learning so much from your insight, your experimentation, your spirit uh, of adventure and no fears. Thank you, Arvin, for being here today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Hey, it's been an absolute fun. Ladies and gentlemen, This I'm JP from Adlunum INC. Tune in again same time next week to learn more about the future of NFTs with our guests on the show who share their insight about what's happening in the NFT space. For those of you uh, who do not know, we also have a show called Diving Into Crypto. That's there on Thursdays at exactly the same time. In and to everyone in the room, have a great day. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed the very interesting discussion we had today about marketing and NFTs. Be sure to follow Arvin on Twitter at ArvinKNFT. And to you at home or wherever in the world you are as you're tuning into this, thank you for spending this time with us today. I trust that Arvin's behind-the-scenes insight on marketing and the NFT space has made this time well spent. Catch you again next time for another episode of The Future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum. Cheers. You've been listening to The Future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform, like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with Adlunum on Twitter at Adlunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.